hello, I'm Joe Screbbles, and this is the IGN UK podcast. It's the smartest I've ever dressed for this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to a fancy restaurant later, yeah. so I thought I'd dress up. I've got my shoes next to me because they hurt. Uh, I'm joined by Dale Driver. Hello, I'm not dressed smartly. I'm just in a boring t-shirt. But you look smart as a person. Do I? Yeah, you've got a good look going on. Oh, thank you. I look like a me- <laughs> I look like I've been melted into my clothes. I mean, you could have ironed your shirt, Joe. I'm going to be I honest. Just, mate, I tried. <laughs> this, it's so creased, you can't get these creases out. Oh, my God. I was wondering if there was, like, some sort of tongs you know that what? we have around. <laughs> Do you know, in the US, they don't call them creases. They call them wrinkles. Yeah. I learned that every day when I was pa- watching a YouTube video, I had to pack a shirt correctly to not get creases in. And everywhere, it just says wrinkles. And I was like, I've always called them creases. It makes your clothes sound like they're, you know, ready to collect their pension. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the witticisms of Matt Perslow. Hello. And I am in smart casual attire, which yeah. is That's what? not smart casual <laughs> attire. <laughs> if you think that's smart casual attire, you're never getting in a smart well, that's what yeah. the, the restaurant demanded that I came in casual slash smart. So. Oh, casual mm. slash smart's very yeah. different. That's just you wear really fancy <laughs> trousers. Uh, right, we're going to talk about the big thing. What? It is Avengers Endgame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going I'm I'm to make a joke. Um, <laughs> just heads up, no spoilers. Yeah. We're not doing any spoilers this week. We're going to do a full spoiler cast at some point in the very near future will give you all a weekend to watch it yes so these are spoiler free reactions mm. uh, I would like Matt to go first what did you think I think it is a very good film yes yeah. no it's it's great and it is it's sort of the conclusion I expected to this story yeah okay. um, I, I don't think it surprised me as much as I thought and I think that's because it's a very comics conclusion yeah. to this series it is the most comic booky comic book movie I've ever seen yeah yeah it has you know I, I wouldn't say it necessarily runs with tropes but it has story elements that I would expect to see in a Marvel comic which sure. is interesting because Infinity War, even though it does sort of follow some of the events of the Infinity Gauntlet, is a very kind of somber, very sort of like almost weirdly grounded story, even though it's mm. set across multiple planets yeah. with, you know, all of these crazy things. So, yeah, it's, it's a nice juxtaposition, really, to have this very, very sort of like dour, grim sort of first half of this story yeah. to then get a film that almost doesn't even feel like it's the second half of that story. It stands on its own as yeah. this big, absurd three-hour yeah. adventure. You can see why they stopped calling it part two. Yeah. Like, it's it isn't a part two. It's mad, like, considering the end of Infinity War as well, like, they should be the, the most somber and stuff. Yeah, it's a surprisingly, like, positive and it's basic film. It's a comedy film for a long time. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's also, like... Back to the comic booky point. I think you can see in the structure of this almost if this was turned if this was novelized but yeah. comicized, mm-hmm. you could see the issues. Oh yeah, it's a like, six yeah. issue run. Yeah, yeah. It is actually structured like a like an yeah. arc of comics. It's quite amazing. Um Dale, what do you think? I thought it was really, really good. Um I don't know if I'm in love with it as much as everyone else, but I I still thought it was fantastic. My thing was it felt like a one-off experience that I don't really need to watch ever again. Maybe I'll change my mind no, in a year or so. You'll watch it I feel like that with a lot of Marvel films anyway. Mm. For like, I've watched it once, and part of the journey for that was not knowing what was going to happen and seeing the results of these things come together. But once I know the conclusion, I'm not sure if I'd watch it. I mean, the first half I thought was a little bit slow in places, and it's a very long film, so I don't know if I'd maybe I'd watch it again, but fast forward through certain bits. Yeah, there's stuff in there where. I, if I was making films, I would have looked at that and gone, well, that could probably be half as long. Yeah. But equally, there's stuff that's 
run over quite quickly where I'm like, I'd like to see a lot more of that. Yeah. Like just, and I guess that's probably just personal pre- preference because just 700 characters to follow yeah, exactly and some right. I'm more interested in the, uh, than others naturally. And they've just had the same discussions and come out with a different sort of like, yeah. I cannot imagine what the cutting room floor looks like for this film. There oh, must be yeah. Tons, easily yeah. two hours of actual usable footage yeah. that could go around all this stuff. I thought I thought it was like you said earlier, like really funny as well. Like I mean, yeah. it feels like now, like if you're making a Marvel film, you kind of have to be funny as well. Yeah, right? is there any that Taika one? Waititi's ruined everyone's yeah. time that you can't make Winter Soldier anymore? Captain Marvel wasn't overly funny, but it was still had like definitely funny moments the, in it. The two characters in the you know the two core characters are constantly making jokes to each other like yeah that's true that yeah. wasn't the same in i don't know like the first captain america no yeah when especially when you think back to like four that would surprise which is painfully unfunny like there's nothing in oh that God. the does it, I, I'll let them have the gag where he hangs the hammer on the coat peg. I thought <laughs> <laughs> but you think back to that generation and then yeah. you're now like what they've become and i i think that keeps me interested. Like, I feel definitely feel. Like, I was not excited for this film like a week ago. Like, I still find that absurd. I'm way, way more into Game of Thrones right now. Way more mm. excited about that. I just, I think I've just got superhero fatigue. I'm just a bit bored of it all now. But Marvel still keeps pulling me back in with the comedy side of it. I find that mm. way more entertaining than the actual like superheroes fighting each other. And some of the comic decisions they make in this film are bold yeah. as well. Yeah, like, exactly. There's yeah. a couple of choices where I'm it feels like a one-off joke and then they just oh, they go with, with it, it. Oh, forever. Yes. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, like, I couldn't believe it. Like, I could actually... I'm Having finished it, yeah. I'm delighted that that's what they did because it's so unusual, particularly yeah. for films like this. Um, again, yeah. It's really hard. This, it's really hard to talk about it without yeah, saying creep, anything. I'm creeping it? on to but stuff. We, we talk about how funny it is, but also, and like certainly I am incredibly invested in this just Mm -hmm. because like comics have been a part of my universe since I was 16 and you know these are these core Avengers that this film is all about are the characters that I grew up with. I wasn't an X-Men kind of character. Like, okay. I was always about Captain America. Captain America is first and foremost my sort of jam. Yeah. And he you has... traitorous dog. <laughs> <laughs> You're more of a Captain Britain kind of guy. Uh, Unbelievable. I know. He <laughs> but, is um, quite shit, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, he's got some fun vampire storylines, but that's going off the point. Yeah. But, like, Cap has such a strong arc in not only the Marvel Universe, yeah. like, like, these films, I think he has the strongest arc out of any of the characters, but this film is his payoff, I think. Yeah. yeah. And there, there are certain segments of this film that when that arc started going, like, I could feel the tears starting to build. And that lasted for about 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Because it was like, it started with me being elated about what was happening. And then there was like worry. And then there's like, what what's going on? How is this going to resolve? Where are you going to take this? And it was bouncing between my elation of what they were doing with him to fear to like joy of what they've done again and it's yeah. just such a roller coaster and when I came out like I felt like I'd really been put through the emotional ringer yeah, mm, like exactly, yeah. it is a funny film but it all it's also got this <clears throat> mad emotional core that I'm also really pleased is around like those original six characters it's, it's exactly what I wanted from the end of yeah. a phase I know apparently Far From Home is actually the end of the phase yeah but they don't leave you in a place where you're like I know the next thing. No. Like we have mm-hmm. for the last five years at least. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I know where this is going in a broad sense. Mm-hmm. I have no idea where they're yeah. going. And that's the best thing about it. Like that's what I love about yeah. Marvel movies now mm-hmm. is they've created yeah. a sense of they are 
they they have the sort of payoff and run of comics at the same time as being blockbuster action movies. Yeah. So like, it's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say anymore because I, I feel right? like we're keep tiptoeing now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, get but, past it. But basically. Bloody hell. <laughs> Go watch it. <laughs> they did are. it again. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah. Um, I love Marvel movies. Let's talk about something less good. Yeah. Dale's been playing a little game. I've been playing a game called Days Gone. And yeah. let me tell you, this day, I don't know how to make this work. <laughs> it's long. That's it. I, I love the idea of, yeah, Days Long being your strapline for your, in, your, un, your imagined review. Fuck me, it's long. Yeah. Like... Uh, there's a lot to like about Days Gone. I think um, some of the reviews, I think our review written by Lucy is pretty much cock on. Mm-hmm. I said cock on two <laughs> weeks in a row now. I'll point out that I said it last week. Um, but it's got so many little problems. Like the length of it is ridiculous. Like I've put in about 40 hours into this game mm-hmm. And I messaged Lucy the other day and I said, this is where I'm at. How long have I got left? And she said, hours. You've I, I, got ages yet. I saw someone, uh, I think it was Kotaku. No, it was uh, Patrick Klepek from um, Waypoint yeah. posted a, a in-progress thoughts. He was like, I've spent 20 hours with Days Gone and he was very, very down on it. Yeah. Uh, and I saw Justin Davis from our, our side go to him like, if you're pacing the same way as other people, you're not even halfway through that game yeah. in 20 hours. Oh, That's gosh. just fucking it's, ridiculous. I think I think it's because um, the, the, the problem is the world is massive, but it feels like there's nothing going on in it as well. Mm. Like when I first started playing it, I thought I'm going to, because I, you know, the way I am, I like to mop up the world. So yep. I think I thought I'm going to absolutely blaze through this. No problem. And then the world just keeps getting bigger and bigger and revealing more and revealing more. But it's always, it still feels empty the entire time. It's this weird situation where it's empty, but there's loads to do. You can reveal reveal as much as you want to. If there's fuck all in it, I don't care. Like, it's not a thing I'm interested in. there's, There's a lot that I like. I think the Horde stuff is brilliant. Like, so bear in mind, last night was the first time I killed a Horde. And I'm 40 hours into That's this game. Insane. Like they are really hard to deal with. It takes you getting like, so equipped to, to be able to deal with them. Mm. And for the first like 10 hours, every now and again, I just have to run away from them. Then for the next 10 hours, I try and fight them, but lose every time. Right. And I think there's a lot. Like it gets the adrenaline going. It's very exciting, and it's terrifying as well when they just come out of nowhere. Like but if you set an alarm off by accident and they start running at you, that was the promise of this terrifying. entire game. Yeah, but there's the, loads the of them. To be fair, there's like there's like 40 or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just opened up a region. Where there's 13 hordes in there oh my like, god oh. so like there was a, I can see the post, I can see the post game being really fun going around and just trying to work out how to get rid of these hordes and stuff. yeah the problem is for every great like setup with a horde there's a Nero mission and I don't I don't think it's a spoiler to say because you have them very early on and they've been in preview coverage as well there's these missions where you're tailing this organisation who are sort of uh, like the government's version of uh, research in what's they're the, happened. They're the National Emergency Response Organization. Yeah. And they're basically doing research. Yeah. yeah. And they're doing all the research to try and find out what's happened. And they fly right. in on helicopters and they go around. The problem is you have these missions where you have to tail them. You can't kill them, by the way. So my, my first mission, I went up to them trying to stealth kill them from behind. Wouldn't even give me the option. I was standing right next to him, didn't even notice me. So I just went and crawled away again. <laughs> That's another issue. And but you so you just have to tail them but you've got a little bar at the top that actually says listen and it's got a bar that clicks over and it takes about a minute or so I've done that mission about 12 times now were these people playing like Ubisoft games yes. from 2003 that's, and just going it. wow it's, bon- like, it's, it's so dated of a mission and the fact that you keep doing it it's like they wanted to get these these plot points in of what Nero's 
research and discovering, sure. mm-hmm. but didn't know, couldn't think of any other way to do it except for let's just do one of those missions again. They heard mm. of audio logs. Yeah, <laughs> like and they could. Have, I mean, it's it's key to the main plot, I right. guess, but. Although is it like <laughs> now that I think about it, uh, yeah. it's bollocks. <laughs> Fortunate enough, like I guess it's spoilers to say, but about halfway through, it kind of stops, right? right. It's, it's got stop doing that. But then there's so many other like variants of missions that are really boring as well. But for every one of them, there's something that I really enjoy. So I, I'm not giving up on the game, and I keep playing it, and I like bits. But there's a lot of stuff you just have to slog through. Honestly, the the indictment to me is that this is a game built for your kind of yes, play definitely yeah. and you're not enjoying it that no. much like I, i'm getting frustrated because i just i want to i've put this many hours in i want to see it to mm-hmm. its conclusion yeah now. i want to see the ending and i do like the love, idea of do you love deacon now i i'm mixed mixed bag with him like sometimes i think he's a really cool character i think he's performed like brilliantly like the facial animations oh, and the, acting. The, that whole yeah the, gen, the facial stuff is um, incredible like but it's you, some of the best i've seen you can really feel his performance yeah underneath that character as well like but then he does mad things as well every now and again. Like when you enter a marauder camp, he just starts screaming. <laughs> he just starts screaming, you motherfuckers, I'm going to mm. kill all of you. And it's like so unprovoked yeah. like in the mission. If it was with the Rippers and then there's bits where, you know, you interact with the, this is like this organization, not organization, they're a cult basically of right. people who worship freakers. And I can get how he reacts to them compared to like for what they do to him. Mm-hmm. Like in the opening, one of the open scenes, they torture his best friend. So right. it's like... I get that. But when it's just marauders, they're just guys who are protecting their own land. And he's running in there screaming at them. Yeah. And they're trying to do stealth. And he's just screaming. Yeah. <laughs> so it's supposed to kind of be like a survival sort of story, right? Like, Is, yeah. the, is stealth a massive component of it? Because it um, sounds like... For the first half of it, yes. Afterwards, like, you get to the point where it's, you don't need to. I right. literally just drove into a camp on my boat last night and just started shooting everyone up. And yeah. it took me about a minute to clear everyone. Whereas at the start of the game, oh, that would have took me... 10 minutes yeah. of slowly sneaking from bush to bush and like the stealth is not good because <laughs> one there's so much cover there's so many places to hide you never really feel in danger and also you can walk like at their three o'clock or their six o'clock right up to them and they won't notice you like unless you're in their direct line of sight they will not notice you and that applies to freakers <laughs> as well sometimes That's so although weird. freakers tend to hear your noise but you can get perks that make you quieter as well mm, right. so now I feel like I can just run up to them and stab them the two like your screaming at marauders thing reminded me again uh, Patrick Klepek's piece about it because he's taken it from a more like sort of emotional angle than yeah. reviewy angle he points out two things that I think are hilarious which is they've spent so much time making Deacon like the man with the code he's yeah. the one who's like better than the rest yeah. he, he lives by a you know a set of rules but like this was in my preview like you can just take people to essentially slave camps mm-hmm. and like in the story you're giving people to slave camps yeah. and he's like they'll protect you and it's like this is a literally they talk about how it's forced <laughs> labour like it's North Korea he's yeah. taking them willingly to North Korea as part of his code he- like, it's Bananas. He's like a bipolar character. It's it's mad how one moment he seems like this really thoughtful person who's just looking out for him. And like you said, he has a code. Mm. The next minute, it's, he has no qualms in shooting people in the face if they piss him off yeah. so slightly. Like, well, yeah. And like I came across marauder camps where they were tagged as marauder camps, yeah. but they're just people, people protecting their shit in a house <laughs> and are. like they'll shoot freakers. Yeah. But it's immediately it's like bad guys go kill them. And you're yeah. like, oh, wait, what? 
isn't yeah. the point that this is a dwindling population and you're one of those people who just has a little base by himself <laughs> and not in a camp yeah. so I don't understand like I couldn't and kind of that is like one of the key parts of zombie fiction right the mm. whole sort yeah. and, and if it's not playing with the idea that maybe you make the choice yeah. about whether they're good or bad yeah. like I don't really understand what it's point is no mm. even like state of decay which has a lot of problems yeah. does that well where you can go to camps and they might be nice or they might not and the tension is as you approach them yeah. you don't know mm -hmm. how they're going to react to you that's what this should be doing like yeah. surely it would be cool even if you just went up to them and then he was like come down to my slave mates camp and <laughs> like you know if you're gonna go that way why yeah. not it's really strange so I'm assuming there's like you can't liberate the slave camps because you believe no you that you're part of the camp like what? you're yeah. working for the <laughs> slavers this makes any sense yes. yeah. there's, there's, like, there's loads of them there's like five different ones mate so. in my preview build there's like I, I don't think this is very far into the game well they showed it to us in a preview so yeah. who cares you save like this little girl mm. who's or you know littleish girl who's been scarred and she's living by herself her parents died yeah. and all this stuff and she's the person you take to the slaver camp and it turns out that it's like her old neighbour runs it and so she's being really nice and then when she takes, him, takes her away it's like yeah stick her in like no no favours like she does the forced labour like everyone else you're like what is this imagine like, if the Walking Dead Telltale series started with you just taking Clem yeah. to a slaving camp yes yeah. because if if Deacon then went like fuck you like kicked off like yeah. liberated them or something makes sense but he's just fine with it uh, like he's evil <laughs> after this podcast I'll tell you what happens to that girl as well as he gets even oh my god um, <laughs> uh, can we just take a quick side break for something a little game uh, what is your Deacon St. John name? Because we found out <laughs> oh, that yeah. um, Deacon St. John is named after... It's literally a Twitter quiz. Yeah, um, He's named after the uh, creative director's first pet and the road he grew up on. Yeah. Uh, oh, so God. what's yours? Mine's Curly Joe Kingsford. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> so Wait, it'd be Curly Joe was the name of your pet? Yeah, it was a fish named after Curly Joe from The Three, Sto <laughs> from the Three Stooges. Okay. We had Larry Moe and Curly Joe. Uh, right. uh, Todd Bainbury. Todd Bainbury! <laughs> Like a character from like the Mighty Boosh or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> Todd Bainbury sounds cool. Mine's uh, Benji Harbour. Benji Harbour. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Uh, yes, that was mad. So that's all we have to say about Days oh, Gone. I've just got one quick Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. One sorry. tiny last little thing there. I think there's a lot of cool little mechanic things in there, right? Like, for example, when you've got multiple items on the side, and if you go up, if you hold square to pick up one item, it picks up all of them at the same time. Yeah. Brilliant. More of that. I want that in games. <laughs> yeah. Like, but you know what? Is the complete opposite of that can't swim you get in the water he swim and he drowns immediately <laughs> I saw um, like how many, that's 10 years ago that is I saw an interview with the creative director where I believe the words were Deacon St John can swim but he shouldn't or something like it was it was mad it was it was a way of saying it was it was a way of getting around the fact yeah. that you can't swim in this game I don't game. understand why it's not like you're on the perimeter of the map is an ocean or anything like that yeah. there's just little lakes why, why can't they do and they did he swim? just drown he it's starts not, swimming that's right. the thing like, so he'll walk in water up to a certain point and then he starts to do a swimming motion and a little meter comes up saying go to the shore return to the shore and then if he gets to the bottom he just drowns but is there, there's in. not like an animation where like a freak of fish comes up nope. and eats him up just drowns this so is weird just nonsense yeah. for all the time they've spent on that game for how long <laughs> it make it 10 hours shorter and let him swim also to me do you know what the you're saying the post game stuff this is what I, they've said all the way through it's like the end game is clearing the hordes mm. from the world yeah 
why is this game not just Zombie Horde Shadow of the Colossus? Yeah. Like, imagine ah, how cool it would be yeah. to have a game where it's like, I'm this guy who's going out and this is uh, my job yeah, now. That's great, yeah. Cut out him getting there because yeah. who gives a shit? Yeah. And just do the fun thing that you were promising the whole time. Yeah. Like, why wasn't that? Maybe it was the game at one point and they went, well, we got to make I think, a I think normal game. They've created something really special with that, the horde mechanic. Like, it looks incredible, it feels incredible. Double down on that yeah. and get rid of all, like, they it felt like they just they doubled down on the story instead. They felt like it's a Sony exclusive. We have to have a big high production story, yeah. and it's just not good. That's a shame. Yeah, but I mean, if they if it sells well, I imagine it probably still will sell quite well. Um, if they do make a Days Gone too, I feel like they could learn a lot from it and yeah. maybe make something really good next. Feel like a, like a watchdog situation well, where the first Creed, one's yeah. got an idea, but it's garbage, yeah. and then the second one comes out, it's an absolute banger. I still need to play that game. I think it's like ten pounds at the moment. I'm gonna get it. I think there's enough in there where they, they they as long as they sort of learn the lessons from the first one, mm -hmm. I think it could be something really good. Mm. I do hope that happens, but I strongly suspect it will not. Yeah. <laughs> Considering okay. Sony Bend has spent the best part of a decade just working on other Sony stuff. Yeah. I think they might be going back that way, Ooh. given unless this does really well. Someone yeah. I can't remember who it was. Someone pointed out um, really smartly that every billboard they've seen for Days Gone is a half and half with another Sony game. Like mm. it feels like even Sony doesn't give a shit. Right? Like okay. they're just like. <laughs> I feel like there's been a lot of momentum behind it, like marketing-wise. I don't know. Maybe that's just. But it's always my part and parcel that I'm like, seeing. Even before, even before Avengers, there was an advert for Days Gone, but it was part of a set of adverts that's that true. were PS4 yeah. exclusives. Like. Yeah. It always feels like they're sort of tempering it against the other things. Who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah, it's a weird one. Speaking of games that invest a lot in story, but better, <laughs> Mortal Kombat 11. <laughs> okay. um, this came out. Uh, this bit, it's been a weird, like, mixed... Like, lots of people have problems with certain aspects of it. Yeah. But I think the wide consensus is that like it's a banger yeah <laughs> like, I mean the fight engine that they've got for the and like um, what they've had for Injustice and you know yeah. all of the games mm. that these guys have made is a great fight yeah. engine yeah. Like, I, it really works and that's it I'm t it's perfect for me I'm bad at fighting games yeah, and I don't enjoy learning exactly yeah, I'm exactly the same boat like mastery is never my interest in a game it's like having fun with yeah. something on a base level is what I want most of the time I'm, I'm not a MOBA person I'm not a fighting game person yeah. and this is a game series that just goes we know what you're here for um, and so let's make the fighting A about getting there yeah. and B the fighting's not a load of difficult bullshit it's no. literally probably one of five inputs yeah. for every special move it's always like back forward or down back left forward, down forward right. back yeah, yeah exactly it's and like, it's, I love it it's yeah. so nice to have a game that's just like we're not trying to be Street Fighter why yeah. would we be just here you go here's tons of stuff it reminds me of the way I felt about Call of Duty games in not the last two maybe but before that where it's a game that's just so stuffed with shit like just have everything yeah. <laughs> uh, like the crypt is like a weird third person Metroid game for what you know there are problems with how it deals with purchases and all this stuff yeah. but from on a base level what it is is a third person Metroid game where you're doing little purchases as you go around and there's like funny little details yeah. and a man telling an evil story there's a whole Mortal Kombat story hidden in the crypt by the way like that's crazy there's characters who don't appear in the game as playable characters or in the story who are in the crypt that you can find out what's happened to oh, them really? and like it's great like that's it's mad. really nice it's mad that they went they felt like they they wanted to do that as well like they absolutely no one would have cared if they it's didn't like, put that in the game yeah, as well they, they did it for fun you can literally go 
oh, I love Kenshi. Where's Kenshi in this game? It's like, go look in the crypt. You'll find him. He's down there. Like, it's so cool. Um, and yeah, this just this complete... It's weird to say in a game that you have to pay £60 for at the very least. Yeah. But it's the generosity of it. Yeah. That in the wider context of things, like there's so many modes. I'm even into the idea of this AI battling thing where you build a little squad and you just pit them against someone else's customized squad. <laughs> I didn't, I and didn't they know just that fight. was in the game. And you can earn stuff for that. That's like amazing. you just set them playing and you have like your little Is that Pokemon like, fighters basically what was that thing that you, you can watch on the internet oh Salty, oh, salty Bear Salty Bear, salty bear. Yeah. Salty bear. Is, is that basically what it is it kind of yeah, yeah. But, I mean so obviously Homer like Simpson's not in well, it um, yes sort of Tabsy yeah. like, I just love that like just stick it in why not we've got the technology for yeah. it fuck it like have it That's it's really amazing. nice it's just yeah I, I really enjoyed just getting stuck into it and I've done a bit of the story, I've done a bit of the towers, I've done a bit of most things. Yeah. I've not gone into depth with any of them because there's too much. I'm just mm. having fun, like chopping and changing. I'm very excited to finish Days Gone so I can start more. <laughs> yeah. <combat. laughs> um, also, the fatalities are the best they've ever been. Oh, incredible. The, the more realistic they got, they got, the less I liked them. Like in, up till like 10, I thought a lot of them were just grim. Yeah. They've doubled down on like how stupid they are yeah. now. There's what? Like my favorite. <laughs> is Geras, the new character, punches someone so hard in the back of their head <laughs> that the front of their face flies off, but then the, their skull's behind it and then their brain's behind that. Like, you know that bit in Infinity War where they've yeah, separated yeah. Nebula? Yeah. Yeah, it's just it that. Exactly like it's that. amazing. Oh, it's so good. There's like... Um so I was going for a video for a video that goes will be live by the It'll time you listen to this podcast. Yes. Our, our new possible series, Thumb yes, War. Our new series, Thumb War. If you liked an official preview, you might like IGN for more definitely similar yes please watch it it's Mortal Kombat anyway uh, and I was going through all the fatalities we've got a video on site which all the fatalities it is mad like some yeah. of them are so bonkers oh mate uh, that, that I thought um, oh, was it Shao Kahn that does the giant hammer yeah sledgehammer and he does that sort of thing where he knocks the guy's head into the shoulders <laughs> which is a weirdly common thing now because that's in Doom. Doom as well it's in Doom yeah. Eternal yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my favourite as well or another favourite I should say um, Cassie kicking someone so hard in the nuts that their skeleton flies out of the top of their head um, how, <laughs> it's so good how strong have you got to be to do that also the, no, it's not the whole skeleton it's the spine and skull which means that all the ribs broke off from it and flew it's basically oh, like a jack in the box like yeah. flying out of the flesh oh my god it's so funny I love yeah. it so much it's just the dumbest thing um, yeah it's really pleasant like yeah. just it's a nice escape from yeah I can't wait to get stuff. back to it I played a little bit but I'm excited to play more that's very good uh, oh yeah me and Matt have both played a cool game that hasn't been as widely talked about called Katana Zero yeah it's great isn't it it's very good <laughs> I know nothing about this right okay so I'll give you the basic have you played okay. Hotline Miami yes love it right okay so imagine Hotline Miami side scrolling okay. but you play a samurai okay it's fucking amazing <laughs> All right. but your samurai also has the ability to effectively bend time yeah right okay. so so you it's not as i don't actually think it's as brutally punishing as hotline miami no way, is because no. in hotline miami you have to get through the entire map yeah. right to sort of like you have to succeed. Learn the pattern. Yeah. yeah whereas like so you are doing that but they are confined to rooms and the way it feels it's almost like watching a john woo movie yeah. and it's like here is your scene there are 15 guys in it you've got to figure it out whereas Hotline Miami is a bit like here's an entire building yeah. with it, you know it's kind of stealth action version yeah. of that old boy corridor scene yeah, like yeah, inside on okay. and it's you just going like I have to get from there to there mm -hmm. and there's all these people but they're in separate rooms so you're like 
well, I can kill those two that way. I can get up that way. I can pick up this, throw yeah. that at them. Like okay. it's kind mm -hmm. of creating this thing. What I love about it as well is that the the conceit of it is that he has some measure of precognition, mm. and as he's going in. He's planning how he's doing this, which means okay. when you die, it's not you died. It just flashes up. Oh, that won't work. Yeah, and it goes back. So it's like he's oh. he's planned it, but then the plan's gone wrong, and he's like, like bits "All right, in let's the, try that again." The Telltale Batman games. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, and so when you actually manage to get through the the screen, for lack of a better word, you get to see the security camera footage of you doing it. But obviously, yeah. the security camera doesn't. You know, doesn't follow through with your ability to bend time yeah. and stuff like that. So you see it all in quick action. Like, when you say bend time, you mean it's like bullet time. So right? yeah, 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 effectively. So, so you, yeah, you have like a super slow mo ability that's on a cooldown. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, sort of like if someone pulls out like uh, you know like an assault rifle, so like they'll start firing at you. Yeah. You hold down the slow mo. You use your sword okay. to fling back the bullet. Nice. And yeah. as it goes on, it starts out quite simple. Like the rooms are fairly easy to get through. And then you get to a point where it really starts building on the challenge. Yeah. And Have you finished it now? So I've got two missions left okay, to do. Okay. Um, but there are sequences where like, there are obviously things that are set up for you to use. So for example, one of my favorites is um, one of the things you can do is pick items up and chuck them at people. Yeah. Very, very simple if you pick up a vase and smash someone. But there's a room with about six people in it. But as you go into that room, there's just a table with about eight items on it. And being able to go up there and just hammer like the use button and effectively like swish them off the oh, table. Yeah, it's so it's, cool. It's, it's so, so good. I know exactly it? the moment that yeah. is. Like, I remember that. And when you vividly. start being able to combine stuff like using smoke grenades to fill rooms so they can't see nice. you. And then you learn that kind of like if you've got three people close to you and you go into slow mo and do one attack, he'll like decapitate all three oh of them God. but it's like all of this is you know it's uh you know up there with the best sort of indie action game experience yeah. it all you know mm -hmm. mark of the ninja hotline miami all these yeah. things spring to mind as you're playing it. it's amazing but equally it has like this incredibly stylish story mm. that it tells at the same time so in between levels you have moments where he goes back to his apartment he watches tv he befriend it's like kind of leon he befriends a yeah. little girl who lives okay. next door and it has this amazing dialogue system, which is sort of built on what um, Oxenfree did, if you yeah. played that. So it's built on a timer, but the thing they do, so dialogue in games, I'm assuming you're like me, where you just hammer past it or hammer it. It depends, like, to stop it depends it. on the game. I usually give it, give it a chance at the start, and if it's not winning me over, then I'll skip past everything. This does a brilliant thing where it turns that impetus into a mechanic. So you get a timer, but the timer is going up. It's not running out. Yeah and you're waiting for someone to speak and you'll get for the first part of the timer essentially skip it's him being impatient so they're speaking and then he's just like get on with it yeah and then all their words just like literally smash and fall off the screen that's cool. and it's, so it's turning if you are the kind of player who doesn't want to deal with it you're doing that to the character Amazing. you're making the character brusque and rude and sometimes that's actually a benefit and sometimes that's a problem yeah. like there are moments where you can actually get out of fights by having talks if you've spent the time talking to someone like Skyrim yeah <laughs> but if you've spent the time talking to someone and building like there's an early one where someone's like what are you doing you're dressed you're they keep talking about how you're in a bathrobe with a sword right. um what are you doing and you can say like oh I'm a cosplayer and then later on so a policeman's like there's been a murder you've got a sword 
if you've said you're a cosplayer and you agree in front of her, she's like, oh, yeah, no, he's a cosplayer, don't worry about it, and they let you pass. Like, Wait, so there's a lot of dialogue trees, isn't Not there? a lot, but it's just every so often it just mm -hmm. drops in a little bit. That's cool. And it's really nice, and it's got this sort of whimsy. Wait, have you played out that scenario without doing that? Yes. Yeah. yeah, 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 I've done both. And like, you I just have the back. fight then with yeah, the, the Yeah, cop. and then, but that alters how you're, like, you're an assassin for a mysterious organisation. Right. If you kill them, they're like, you idiot. Like, you've just <laughs> killed the police for no reason. Like, you could have gotten out of this. But does it carry on, or does that Oh, it carries on. Yeah, it's not oh, a fail. Okay. It's yeah, just it like, has, like, a bending sort of narrative, so it will always kind of fit to what your choices this are. sounds wicked. It's really good. It? And it's got this, like, woozy, conspiracy-esque, like, quite drug-filled storyline about trying to work out who you are. You keep having nightmares that okay. get weirder and, like... Mm -hmm. I think it's just fucking fantastic. The, literally, the only problem I have with it is the story ends too soon, and it's very clear that they just have a sequel in mind. Right. Where okay. they're just like, you get to the end, some stuff happens, and it goes, all right, uh, see you later. <laughs> and, like, that's annoying. Yeah. But equally, I will 100% play Katana 1, or whatever they end <laughs> yeah. up calling it. Like, it's very cool. Um, and it's on Switch, which is the yeah. best. Sounds yeah. amazing. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. It's like, it's, it is Devolver, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Devolver absolutely smashing out of the park again. Mm -hmm. I don't it's know how got, they find these people. It's got that soundtrack as well. Like every time oh. you get into the start of a mission, he effectively puts his headphones on and clicks his nice. Walkman on, and you get like a 1980s style. Oh, is it 80s themed again? Yeah, yeah. And it's good that like yeah. it's and it's new. It's not a um, jukebox soundtrack. Like they've had it composed, right? Yeah. But it comes up at the bottom, like the the guy who's composed it and the title of the mm -hmm. track, and it's yeah. different for every level. And it's like it's very, it's so stylish. It's, yeah. it's absurd. I'm into I love it. it. I'm into it. It's well worth playing. Uh, anyway, that's enough of that. Why don't we go on an endless search? Hi, let's do it. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah, 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 and the ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and the ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Is it in the search? Again, we've had a user submitted one. Lovely user? stuff. Listener, I should they say. They use us. <laughs> uh, this is from Andy Callan. And he says, hi guys, hope you're well. I'd like to put a game forward as part of the Endless Search. I believe it's a fairly simple game and will hopefully come across well on the podcast. Well, that's always good news because yeah. <laughs> a lot of them don't. Yeah, like last week's. Uh, as you can guess from the game's title... Oh, wait, he's not said the game's title, has he? Oh, in the title. It's called Play Your Movie Cards Right. Okay. Can you guess where this is going? Yes, I can. <laughs> as you can guess from the title, it's similar to classic Play Your Cards Right. You'll start with a movie and it's Rotten Tomatoes audience rating. You reveal the next movie and the players take it in turn to guess if it had a higher or lower rating than the previous movie. There are a total of 10 movies to guess a rating of, so you get one point for each correct guess. As is tradition, there is a link with the movies which scores five bonus points. Five? Yes. Big time. We, we changed that last week and Al won the game because of the link. With That's five good. Points. Yeah. Uh, an example, start movie, Independence Day has 75%, but then movie one is Wayne's World with 84%, so it'd be higher. Movie two is Bad Boys, 78%, so it'd be lower. Easy, let's go. We can do it. We can do it. And he sent a spreadsheet in with them all on. So we. So it's very helpful. Thank are you. Are we Andy. both answering? I think it's uh, you're against each other, right? It's yeah. Competitive. So you're you you might want to say hi. You might say yeah, right, you can okay, agree. Okay, okay. I guess I'll keep scoring. It's a branching so, narrative. <laughs> let's write a little table. This is good for the podcast. <laughs> right. Okay. So film number one is Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Ooh. 
Interesting. And it scored 87%. Fucking hell. Bloody hell. Higher than it deserves. Yeah, way higher than it deserves. <laughs> Some uh, good right. jokes in there. I like it. Okay, so the first one to guess is Hook. Did oh. it score higher or lower than lower. 87%? Lower. You both saying lower? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're both correct. It was 76%. It's that high. People fucking hated Hook. I love Hook. I, no, everyone. Yeah, yeah. But critically at the time, it was... <laughs> everyone who grew actually watched Hook when they were the right age for it yeah. loves it. It's just the adults that Crit- Critics were like, this is the worst film I've ever seen. Okay, Dustin so Hoffman's a freak. One all so far. The next one is Out of Sight. Did it score higher or lower than 76%? I, d- I don't even know what that is. Lower, I'm going to say. What's Out of Sight? I don't know either. If I'm being oh. honest, I was hoping you guys would know. I'm going to say... Hmm, this is one of those things where it's maybe it's wicked, but no one watched it. 76, now nah, lower. You both said lower? Lower, yeah. yeah. You're both correct. It was 74. It was very oh, close. Oh, shit. So, look up the next film, summer. horror lower than 74%, Romeo and Juliet. The Baz Luhrmann one. Is it I Romeo plus it. Juliet? Yes, Romeo plus Juliet. Uh, yeah, that's higher. Oh. <sighs> yeah, higher, I'd say. You're both correct again. It was 77. So well, I thought very, it was going to be higher than very that. close, by the way. I'm just copying that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one is True Grit. Did it score higher or lower than higher. 77? Original or remake? I assume it's the remake. Higher. Yeah, it's, it's Coen Brothers. Higher. People fucking love True Grit, didn't they? You guys are smashing this. It's 85%. Maybe we should, beef, should be he was harder. great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so the next one is Wedding Crashers. It's got higher or lower than 85%. Lower. Yeah, lower. Bloody hell, you guys are not going to get any wrong here. <laughs> I mean, we have both <laughs> answered the same on every yeah. single one. Uh, 70%. Next one. I am Sam. Higher or lower than 70%? Lower. Oh. Fuck it. Higher. <laughs> Joe is correct. Yeah! So we finally got some, something to break it up a little bit. Out of Sight is a uh, George Clooney film featuring Jennifer Lopez. Wow. I Am Sam scored 86%. Is it? Seems quite high. Uh, the Hurt Locker. Higher or lower higher. than 86%? Oh, higher. Yeah, I'm going higher as well. You're both wrong. It's <gasps> 84 How dare they? <laughs> How very dare they. The next one, Michael Clayton. Lower. Than 84. Than 84, yeah. Yeah, but people like pretending that George Clooney's a good director. <laughs> well, I'm going to say lower. Yeah. I can't. What did you say, man? Lower. You're both correct. It was 69%. Good. They don't like pretending that much. <laughs> Her. Oh, higher. Yeah. Yeah. Higher. 82%. Bang on. All great. I need to do is it's just copy. I can just copy you yeah, for the rest of this and I win. Well, unless Matt gets the link. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about how <laughs> the one, link is. There's one point in between it right now. Uh, the last one is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Is it higher or lower than 82%? Mm, lower. Higher. Okay, so Matt is right. Fuck. <laughs> it is at 94%. Mother. That's really high. I thought it? people didn't like Michelle Gondry sometimes. Uh, so. Was it neck we, and neck though? Yes, yeah. it is. We've got seven each. So the link is the decider. There is a link. The films were Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, Hook, Out of Sight, Romeo plus Juliet, True Grit, Wedding Crashes, I Am Sam, The Hurt Locker, Michael Clayton, Her, and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Fucking hell. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. 
thoughtful faces here. Do they all have stars who've been in Batman films? They do not. Damn it. Well, they might do, but <laughs> that's not that's the answer. Not, <laughs> not, not a clue. Any last thoughts, Jane, before I call it a draw? Oh, God. Wait. You're miles away from the mic, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going deep in thought. Uh, do they all feature Avengers? They all star someone who appears in the Avengers Endgame, so I That's feel all right, like I'm going to give Joe. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. take three. I'll take three of those five points. <laughs> yeah. I still win. You still win. Yeah. Well done, Joe. Uh, let's go. Th- wait, wait. Let's go through them. I want to. I want to know who they are. There you go. You can have a look. Jumanji, welcome to the jungle. Is uh, Karen Gillan lovely stuff? Nice. Hook. Ooh. Obviously, Robin Williams is in it. <laughs> as I um, fuck. Who's that? Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> all right, I don't um, think he's in it. Oh God! Hook. Must be one of the kids, right? Yeah, but cast. I can't think who it is. Out of sight is Clooney and Lopez. Neither of them are. I don't know what that is. Uh, Romeo plus Juliet. Jesus, the guy played Mercutio is in Lost. <laughs> That's Harold Perrineau. That's the only one I can think is of. Is this real? <laughs> yeah. Wedding. Cra- Wait, who's in Wedding Crashes? That's in. And they all like. Gonna be is ha- like is extras or something. Is John Favreau in Wedding Crashes? Oh, uh, uh, I'd imagine so. Probably he's him and he Vince could be yeah. a lot. The Hurt Locker is Renner. Yeah, her is Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson. Hansen, yeah, who's True Grit? I can't because Hayley Steinfeld in it. No, Hayley Steinfeld. Well, she's not in Avengers, but she is in True Grit. And then it's obviously it's um, Bridges, Bridges, and um, Damon. Right? Was it Matt Damon? Uh, who was yes, Levi- It was Matt Damon. Who was yeah. Labeef? Yeah. Um, it turns Sunshine Spotless Mind. So wait. It's not Kate Winslet. It's not Jim Carrey. No. It's not Elijah Wood. Who else is in that film? Oh, Josh Brolin's in oh, True Grid. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, fucking hell. We're bad at this. <laughs> uh, Andy, write back in and tell us who all the Andy, tell are. us what your bloody working is. Uh, but thank you very much, Senator N. Please send more games in. We want to try your games. Yes, mate. Right. Feedback. I'm oh, going to begin. The email address, IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Well done, mate. This is from Michael Kincaid. Uh, it's titled Star Wars Audiobooks, and it is about them. Hello, guys. I want to give a quick shout out to Jesse this week, as there is finally someone else in the world who appreciates the Star Wars audiobooks <laughs> as much as I do. I've been a member of Audible for the past few years and typically enjoy them either grading papers or doing chores around the house. Grading papers? Mm. You're like an American. <laughs> uh, the production is fantastic with the added sound effects from the traditional lightsaber, the gliding sound of a door opening, and the incredible Star Wars score. I do not get all of them, but the Thrawn novels and the Ventress books are particular highlights for me. People talk about Thrawn a lot. Yeah. He's that blue lad, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you are a Star Wars fan, you should check these out. As always, it's a, oh, always oh, just saying nice things. Well, thanks, yeah. Michael. I refuse to read nice things about me. <laughs> um, you ever listen to Star Wars audiobooks? No, mate. No. Uh, I've never had much interest in the extended universe. No. It's not my deal. That's what Wikipedia is there for. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, so that's it. I actually really enjoy going through wikis of stuff. Yesterday, it's great. I was writing about Men in Black, did a little search around the Men in Black wiki. Nice. Had a read about Edgar the Bug. <laughs> He's great. He's one of my favourites. So Jesse was saying, like, some of them, he said last week's podcast, that some of them are, like, 12 hours long. Oh, mate, yeah. And he said, if you got a really long train ride or a flight or something, I was like, it's a fucking long train ride. <laughs> That's big. Also, I was like, I'd rather just watch the films or something instead. Yeah. The mm. one that always um, sticks in my head, audiobooks-wise, my brother um, couldn't be asked reading Game of Thrones, so he listened to the audiobooks. That's fucking, like, 
that's days um i've listened to some of those it's bit, like passages of them and then i realize i just read the book instead. i can't i can't remember who the dude who reads it is but it's a very old man yeah. who subsequently appeared in the show as a maester yeah uh and i just vividly remember my brother taking his headphones out and going I can't believe they made this old man read these things. <laughs> like, he's, it's absolutely disgusting what he's having to say out loud. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, good. Yeah. I need to get on those Alan Partridge audiobooks. Oh, they're brilliant. They're the one audiobook I've actually finished. Yeah. <laughs> like, I always start with audiobooks and mm -hmm. lose interest. Presumably mm. they're done by Coogan, though, right? So yeah, yeah. He yeah. Is oh, he's performing. doing Alan Partridge. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess they yeah, are almost more of an audio drama than they are. It's like a special. Yeah. So it, it, it adds way more as well because yeah. you get his performance as well as, yeah, the words. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're fantastic. Cool. Matt. Up, Matt. This is a uh, correspondence from Andrew Seddens. He says, hello, IGN UK. I'm excited for the PS5, as I'm sure all yeah. of us are. Yeah, yes. we're well nah, done. I can't give a shit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as I'm sure you and many of your listeners are. I have a few hopes for the PS5, but out of all of them, I'll be most disappointed if they don't add paddles to the backside of the native controllers, which is an interesting request. Yeah. But one, as he points out, does have many, many benefits. Um, we want it on the Xbox as well. Uh, paddles on controllers have been around since the 360 era uh, on scuff controllers and, you know, customs like that. And it's something I really like to see. Um, but he points out that his biggest example is Rainbow Six Siege, which yeah. is something that we play every lunchtime. Yeah. Um, imagine being able to lean without aiming down sights like on console like you can on pc so on pc obviously you can tap q and e to leave yeah. left or right without having to kind of look down your site is that what what benefit does that serve i suppose kind of it's just a slightly quicker and also you don't have to narrow like your field of view do you because if you're looking down yeah. a scope so yeah. for a bit but like he's his point is and, and things like cd project red uh rockstar all of these games could have you know those extra two buttons that don't yeah. require right. that contextual red dead could do with some paddle yes. controls Good yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. and it's all it's all about like um you know you can only get those with expensive controllers so therefore they're not those systems can't be built yeah. For, yeah. for standards I won't lie I have an Xbox Elite controller and those paddles have never been on there like <laughs> yeah. as soon as I got it I was like no thank you yeah. like it just feels weird to me yeah exactly yeah. but yeah he said, I hope you read out this feedback which we have because yeah. um, I haven't heard anybody talk about it and we've just had a conversation it's about great it. isn't it I mean uh, we did end up saying not bothered yeah. <laughs> I mean we've got one of the scuff controllers in here and I started messing with the paddles it's just yeah. like, it just so actually, feels unnatural to me well that's it I think yeah. It would take a relearn that yeah. we haven't had to do for a very long yeah. time. I actually think sort of like, you know, I agree like you should have opening up options for people is great. Mm. Um, I just think the Xbox idea of just slamming a mouse and keyboard into your control, into your console is is the great option. Yeah. Because, you know, I have, you know, mostly play on PC. Yeah. So being able to play on PC, but, you know, any option is great. Yeah. Um, I really think it's something that could improve console gaming. It's surprisingly, anyway, big fan of the podcast. Love you all and have a good day. Can't well, you thank read you out very much, nice Andrew. Why Good can't work. we read that nice bit? I just, it feels, it's very un-British. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Pretend you're shit like the rest Look, of us. We get enough shit on the internet. It's yeah. nice to have nice stuff. Last Aww. email is from David. Oh, I'm going to pronounce his surname wrong. Uh, Uludi? Would you say that's Uludi? Uludi? Ulady. Ulady, yes. Ulady. Ulady. <laughs> And David is just, it's very brief email. He says, all right, boys, man's got some bangers for you lot. Yes, please. And then he's just sent us three different garage songs that I've never heard of. But he says, arguably one of the best garage tunes ever, which is Roy Davis Jr. featuring Pevin Evert, Gabrielle. Do you know okay. that song? No, I don't. And then we've got one of the best Beat Switcher songs ever, Wookie, 
Battle featuring Lane, original oh, mix. It makes me feel genuinely quite bad that someone who clearly knows what the fuck <laughs> they're talking about has listened to this. And the last one is, I thought we could spice it up with some jungle, add a bit Absolutely more Absolutely not. Okay, so Tom and Joey, Maximum Style is out of the running. So we're going to pick one. And I'm I gonna... want Roy Davis featuring, uh, Roy Davis Jr. featuring Pevin Everett. Why did you choose that one? Because he says it's one of the best garage tunes ever. All right, then we'll go with that. Roy Davis Jr. featuring Pevin Everett. Gabrielle. <laughs> 